I never said it publicly. Uh, 20 years, no, 15 years ago, up to 20 years ago, I had uh, a personal experience of being part of uh, a cult. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapleford Friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and this is episode two of a five-part series with Alan Jarrar from 50% Arabica, the meme account on Instagram. If you're not following it, please go and follow it. Links are in the show notes. It is wildly entertaining and thought-provoking all at the same time. So Alan, today we are going to talk about my favorite subject at the moment, which is coffee cults. Um, and why don't we start by defining what a cult is? Hello, Olivia. Thanks for, for having me again. Uh, so uh, just recently with my partner, we watched uh, on Netflix, there's a great documentary about religious cults. And <laughs> what's funny is I found those little similarities in, mm. in our industry as well. But I think you can find it anywhere wherever you're working in, uh, you know, social services or, or uh, hospitality or, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, as a, as a policeman. But uh, I looked up uh, a definition of a cult uh, at the Open Education Sociology Dictionary. And, uh, quote, a cult is a re- relatively small group that excessively controls its members, whom share a set of acts and practices which require un waiver and devotion and are considered <laughs> deviant <laughs> and typically led by a charismatic and often self-appointed leader. I think it's brilliant. Uh, it, uh, it fits. We don't have anybody so, like that in the coffee industry, Alan. Oh, no. Of course not. <laughs> so obviously for those who don't pick up on social cues, I was being sarcastic. We have a lot of people um, that really work very hard to occupy that space. Alan, why do you think coffee cults exist in the coffee industry? Folks, our first on-demand workshop, How to Become a Coffee Consultant, is now available for you to learn at your own pace for just 50 euros, and it comes with a certificate upon completion. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward slash workshops or click the link in the show notes for more details. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors. I never said it publicly. Uh, 20 years, no, 15 years ago, up to 20 years ago, I had... Uh, a personal experience of being part of uh, a cult. Okay. Eventually, it it turned out to be a, a cult, uh, not a religious cult in in, a, in a, those classic, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, terms. In the traditional you know, but, sense. Uh, yes, uh, but uh, it was a cult, and you know, it has its ideology. Uh, etc. And uh, of course, eventually we saw through that. Mm, That's why the topic is very interesting to me. Uh, I think we have cults in the coffee industry for the same reasons we have cults in the world, which is uh, uh, control. You know, Mm. we as a species love to control whether it's uh, our emotions, our finances, our uh, social status, our dogs, 
uh, or uh, uh, the time of the extraction. <laughs> you know, or the temperature of the extraction, in my opinion. So we tend to control variables we, we live in, we live with. Uh, one of those variables may be a small group of people or a larger group of people. Um, and it's, I think it's a very natural state for, for the human being to, um, to w- wanting to control something. And sometimes it can get too massive, too mm-hmm. big. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why do you think that it is such a fun thing to make fun of on your account because it's definitely something that you've leaned into, not not per se like cults, but the like you do talk around it. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it's such a fun thing to make fun of? I, uh, you know, uh, I, I grew up in a, in a religious environment mm-hmm. uh, in the Middle East and I was confronted with religion in uh, Western Europe as well. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, traditional Islam, traditional Christianity. Uh, there was a lot of Buddhism uh, influencing me in, in my early age as well. And uh, so as a kid, when I was looking left and right and up and down, and everyone was telling me, uh, this is the noble way, this is the truth, this is the way to live, this is the laws of nature. And a lot of the things were contradicting each other. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of the things were similar at the same time. Uh, but I was perplexed by that. Like, how, how can uh, a few groups of people can uh, say against each other, like, no, we're right. No, they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I found out that um, I started very, very being very aware of dogmas. Whenever there is a dogma, whether it's in uh, public life, religious life, uh, politics, espresso especially, life, <laughs> especially politics and, and life, any dogma kind of raises my attention a little, and I'm suspicious immediately. Like it's it's my mechanism. Uh, whenever I hear a dogma, uh, I'm suspicious. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I want to, I want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Like is it really true? And uh, and usually, uh, a confession, usually I assume it might not be true. <laughs> Let's have a look. Not every time I find an answer, but uh, I like to poke things. You know what I mean? So you don't believe that ristrettos are the way to go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, in a lot that of was that, a cult. <laughs> Ristretto is a cult, definitely. Yep. <laughs> Ristretto is a cult. My favorite cult is uh, the one to two ratio. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everyone does that. Uh, Of course, it makes sense uh, during competitions because uh, you roast differently for Mm -hmm. competition. Uh, Sensory judges, to my awareness, are are cherishing the body of the coffee. The body is a, uh, and the mouthfeel, tactile. The whole tactile experience is a very important part of scoring the coffee. And mm-hmm. uh, of course, when you pull a longer shot than one to two, you may be sacrificing some of those attributes uh, uh, from that tactile area. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I keep it there, you roast for it, uh, and but commercially speaking, at least in my town or around, uh, it's very fashionable to pull those competition-style espressos from a kind of very light roasts around mm-hmm. here. And usually, I need a sip of water after that, or or or, or a cake just so because I because it's. <laughs> So sour. Make it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it tends to be a little more on the acidic side when you do that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love Asian cuisine as well, you know, and soy right. sauces, but usually I prefer it in the food, not in my coffee. Correct. Um, there is a more sinister side to all of this, and that is the fact that Cults usually formulate as a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. They're used as a way to persuade people to either buy the stuff or want to work with a company or to protect something. I mean, the, the, the unfortunate side, there are many unfortunate sides to cults. <clears throat> And I, like you, are very sensitive. Like my ears prick up the moment I hear anyone, you know, touting any kind of dogma, whether it's, you know, everybody should buy, like <laughs> the whole Chemex is not the right way to brew coffee, you know, that 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 we formulate one of two sides of something. It's like, that, you know, folks. The right answer is usually in the complexity of the grey of something. But there's usually a sinister reason behind why somebody cultivates or covets this kind of wanting to be the head of a cult. Whether they realise it or not, they get drunk off their own bullshit. Um, Why do you think in coffee particularly... And and the part that blows my mind is that it's fucking coffee. It's coffee. We're not saving mm-hmm. lives. It's coffee. Yeah. It's coffee, right? I, I raise this question uh, every time I hear, I hear a, a police car or an ambulance passing by my shop because <laughs> I have windows, uh, you know, on the street. Uh-huh. So I see ambulances, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> fire department. Uh, whatever, and I'm like, uh, these people are doing a much more serious work. Mm. Uh, why do we have such manners in, in in coffee? It's just a cup of coffee, or but at the same time, it's a it's a multi billion. You know, is there a number for that? Even it's a huge right. industry with a lot of money, and I think people are always protecting. Uh, their interests in in that sense. Uh, they might some people may have agendas that are perhaps not not the best in the world. I mean, a a recent example: we were traveling from World of Coffee in Athens with with Kali, with my partner. Uh, so we were working in, at, at the expo. We were traveling down to Sparta and then to Laconia uh, to visit. Uh, our family, that family. Mm-hmm. and we met uh, a guy who was sitting next to us uh, in the bus uh, to Sparta 
And obviously he had a coffee t-shirt and I noticed, so we started talking and of course he was coming from Athens, from the world of coffee. It's a huge mm-hmm. event. And I found out that he's starting a cold brew company in Honduras and he wants to, uh, we learned that he wants to keep that product in Honduras. And he also is uh, a green coffee buyer and a uh, very wealthy person uh, from what he was what he was talking about. And he bought, uh, uh, I think was it a mill or something in, in Honduras? And uh, he came across one person he knew from uh, earlier in his career who uh, buys green coffee. And basically what happened is uh, some producers, coffee producers in Honduras, uh, had to sell their properties and their farms years ago, something like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, because they had no income, uh, you know, uh, coffee production, as we know, is um, very Not the high. most lucrative endeavor for smallholder producers. And so they sold the farms to a certain huge company uh, from the US. And that same company came back 15 uh, to 20 years later, offering the very same people their farms. So yeah, yeah, you wow. have more money now. The economics is more stable now. So uh, yeah, you can you can buy your farm back. Oh, you don't have the money? Never mind. We'll let you work on the farm uh, for free for a few years, and then you can uh, pay us back. And he was perplexed, like. He told me this is basically a, a modern Slider. slavery. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally by the very definition. And uh, it's not the first time I heard such stories. Uh, and it's shockingly uh, kind of common. I mean, I, I've heard many of those mm-hmm. uh, from people from Colombia as well, uh, Costa Rica, uh and other regions and uh, I don't know if it, this uh, particular example of uh, you know uh, lands in the, in the topic or in the definition of, of, of a cult but I think uh, we're touching that because uh, uh, eventually a, a, it's about control mm. and getting something and uh, hiring people or, or you know, having certain people around you who uh, will help you to obtain that uh, control, uh, whether it's uh, over a group of people or a market or or a land. I mean, uh, small examples of cults are. I mean, I can find them in every city in in, in mm-hmm. bigger city in in my country where. You can see uh, certain coffee shops, you know, battling mm-hmm. for, for attention or for customers or certain roasteries or uh, even magazines, coffee magazines. Uh, and it, it's funny to observe. Uh, it's a little disturbing at the same time, and uh, but mostly, mostly funny. It's yeah, most, mostly funny, but you do touch on something that I want to address in the next episode. Um which is this idea of in order to create a cult, there's an underlying or there's an undertone of control that's required to 
do perhaps, it almost gives you permission to do the things that are not so good. And I don't use the word good very often um, because it's so subjective, but being a part of a cult leaves you beholden to the charismatic leader so that you feel justified to perhaps fuck over Honduran coffee producers and you feel justified in doing that because you believe in this leader and this leader would never do anything that wasn't anything other than amazing. But he's not going to go and do the dirty work himself. He's going to send you, his subject, to go and do the dirty work. And because you're so good at convincing people how awesome he is, you will convince this person how awesome he is. And because you're under the spell, you're going to find a way to make them under the spell. But we're going to talk about... Exactly what's happening in religious cults and from my experience as well. It's... uh... It's the same model. Yeah, it works. And it's happening everywhere in the coffee industry. It's barista competitions. It's YouTube channels. It's coffee equipment. Like uh, the wildest thing. I was in, I think it was Seattle one year. And somebody who now is very, very famous in the coffee industry. This is a wild story. He had by chance walked up to me while I was in San Diego uh, helping a friend out by just um, brewing espresso on their bar out at GoPro. And this person walked up and the, the, my friend's cafe was selling elixir. And I offered this person because he was asking about all the different coffees and etc. He was Nobody knew this person's name at the time. And I said to him, oh, you seem really interested in coffee. Would you like to try some elixir? It's a brand new beverage. He's like, oh, that shit is ridiculous. It's so stupid. It's pathetic. I went, oh, actually, have you had it before? He went, yeah, it's just, it's, there's everything wrong about it. I went, oh, actually, hi, my name is Lee Safar. I'm the creator of the beverage. And I I'm re- would really, really welcome your feedback. So we had a conversation. Oh, I'm really sorry. You know, he was very apologetic, et cetera, et cetera. Um, fast forward a few months and I happened to see him in Seattle and it's his first ever SEA Expo. And I know what it's like to go to something like that and not know anybody. And so I said to him, hey, would do you know anyone that's going to be here? And he said, no. I said, well, let me introduce you to some people. And so I introduced him to some people um, and I hadn't seen him or heard from him since that time that he talked shit to me about my own product in that cafe. He said, Lee, can you tell me something? Why are coffee people so savage? And I said, well, I want to remind you of the first time we met. You're a coffee person before you realise you're a coffee person because the way that you see other people as savage was exactly what you were to me and you didn't even know me you had no idea I was the creator of the beverage 
And I don't know the answer to your question. What I do know is that it's something that happens a lot in our industry. And I wish I could figure out the reason why we do this to each other. Because we definitely do it to each other. So in the next episode, folks, we're going to explore this a little more. So join us in the next episode. Peace, love and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Mapper Forward, head to mapperforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.